But there was this one company, I think called Chop Sports Media. Chop Sports Media. Yeah. It will. It will, in fact. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Chop Sports Daily coming to you live from the Flipping Made Easy studio right here in Matawan, New Jersey. It is Sturch. It is Gooch. It is Rasslin' Rob, uh, the all of a sudden surging Twitter account, Rasslin' Rob. Get over there and follow Rasslin' Rob on Twitter right now. Um, we're trying to grow that bitch. Uh, welcome, everybody. Hope everybody's good. It's a feel-good fantasy football Friday. And... Um, it's always it's always good when we start talking fantasy because it gets you in the mood. I'm actually starting to do some draft dates, trying to get some mocks. I got to pull the order of my draft, but I'm still waiting for a confirmation. Imagine, you know, Evan, imagine being Evan and saying like, oh, I can't make that day. It's such and such as christening. And I'm like, I mean, the majority of the league is already kind of like on board. And then he's like, oh, wait, I might have the date wrong. Like, how do you get that wrong if it's so a Christmas? You're waiting, you're waiting for him to confirm the yeah. date before you do the draft order? Well, because I don't know if he's in it. I might have to replace him is what oh, I'm saying. Well, and I would bring you in, but it's archaic and you probably wouldn't, you know, like it or yeah, whatever, dominate. I have a hard time doing that. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I have we'll a get couple, into, we'll couple get into guys on deck. Later. But anyway, good morning, everybody. I hope everybody's doing well. Like I mentioned before, it is a feel-good Friday. Lots to go over. If you want to support Chop Sports, do so by heading on over to patreon.com forward slash Chop Sports. That's how to support the show. You can leave also tips within YouTube. That is a greatly appreciated thing. Tip your bartenders. We're serving you up some knowledge. Tip us in the chat so Give you can do that as money. well. Make, yeah, seriously, we're, we're broke. Um, anyway, we got a lot of things going on over here today. As a matter of fact, it is now time for Gooch's Rundown. There's plenty to get into. Yes, so today, obviously, we have a little bit of a trade deadline special. I know the trade deadline is Tuesday. We thought it was Sunday all week, but it is, in fact, Tuesday. But nonetheless, there's going to be a lot of action going on over the weekend, and it's Friday, so we'll talk about what we think may or may not happen for that matter. So on to the NFL. DK Metcalf signs a three-year extension with the Seattle Seahawks worth Around twenty-four million a year. I think it's fifty-eight million guaranteed. He's I think right it's on par, on with, par everybody. Yeah. with everybody else. Interesting that it's not a four-year deal, and DK opts to take free agency at age twenty-seven. So odds are he's traded at twenty-six. So Dave, get in line, Cowboys. Twenty-six-year-old right year old DK. You're gonna have to give up two firsts and a get player. The f- no. Way. Um, so. Keeping it in Seattle, Jamal Adams has some strong concerns over his lingering hand injury, and he is out indefinitely going to see a specialist. So hey, no surprise a, there. Is that Jamal an excuse because he can't catch Jamal <laughs> Adams and DK are about the only name value players on the Seahawks roster right now, and they're in the news. So one is good, one is bad, but I, Jamal Adams, you know, is he even that good? I don't think That's so. That's why Joe Douglas is a G over in <laughs> New York Jets. Keeping, the it, job keeping of the it in the injury front. Um, Tampa Bay's starting center Ryan Jansen suffered what the team believes to be a season-ending knee injury in the second day of uh, minicamp yesterday. It has a little bit of fantasy implications, and I say that because it is Fantasy Friday, because obviously, you know, Leonard Fournette, maybe some of these other guys might take a small hit with one of their starting linemen out. But see how that plays out. Um, some, Some veteran defensive players were signed yesterday. Carlos Dunlap signs with the Chiefs. That gives him a little veteran help to get after the passer. I'm not so sure it's going to exactly alleviate their pass rush issues, but it is an um, upgrade from what they had. It is no Melvin Ingram, though. Um, and another veteran defender uh, signs with the Jets. Quan Alexander reunites one. with Robert Sala. Uh, Quan Alexander's been kicked around the league a few times over the past couple years, dealt with some injuries, but He's only about two or three years removed from a Pro Bowl season, so we'll see if he could find anything left in the tank. Um, Kyler Murray. (laughs) Kyler Murray uh, had some words to say about the public bashing his contract clause, saying it's actually disrespectful to think that he doesn't prepare for games. I find it agreeable. You know, I think it's more disrespectful for the team to put that in there because it It should be understood. It just got out. That's the problem. The I don't, I don't think it's a standard operating procedure to put a uh, study clause in contracts. It might if he's not I, a good studier of film. And to <laughs> like, me, and to me, I'm not really going to sign a guy to a 230 million dollar extension if okay. I feel that I may have to. I call his 
character into question if he's a starting quarterback in my team. So it's a little odd. And while you would expect everything bad to have been brushed under the rug with this signing, there's still a little bit of friction between Kyler and the front office, I would imagine. That said, they removed the clause from the contract because Kyler <laughs> cried his way. Study. No, it is okay. what it is. Okay. I think it's, it goes without to. saying that these guys all put in four hours. It, it, four hours is like the minimum that you would have to put in for You're a week. You're supposed to be it's looking your at job. this shit every day. It's your job, yes. Yeah. So, about four hours. It's not, it's not study hall. To my point <laughs> and to his point, I think it is a little ridiculous um, because it's just calling everything into question. I think they could have those conversations behind closed doors. Anyway, speaking of contract clauses, moving over to the hardwood, in the NBA, Zion Williamson just re-signed or up, re-upped with the Pelicans and an extension, and there is a weight clause in the contract, and people are now going out and bashing Zion for his weight clause. Now, What's the weight? Is there a limit? 295. Yeah, 295. So Zion can't ever come in over 295. Last year, he came in at around 300 pounds. But what's the penalty? The penalty is he could lose some of his guaranteed money. Same deal with Kyler was that you could lose. You some know, of you should probably go money. address Jimmy Palumbo for weight loss advice. <laughs> so look, everybody is coming out and saying that you know it's ridiculous. Or a few people are saying, and I, when I say a few people, I mean Kyle came out and said people are bashing Zion's weight clause. He doesn't realize that uh, people don't realize that this is like a standard operating procedure for pro athletes. And it's not really a standard operating procedure for study clauses in contracts, but the weight clause definitely is. But the one common thread, the common denominator in all of these weight clause situations is that the player is typically a fat slob, right? So Zion, (laughs) you're a fat bastard. You can't come in over 300 pounds. And to me, that's protecting your investment. Weight issues in the NBA, I think, are, are equally as big as a character issue in the NFL playing quarterback. Not comparing the two. Remember, um, Big baby. Yes, of course. <laughs> he was like 420 pounds. Yeah, but <laughs> he was, was but he wasn't seeking max deals. He's also not Zion. He I get that. He wasn't seeking max I'm deals. I'm just thinking so, of fat players in the NBA. <laughs> uh, see, speaking of max contracts and max deals, Draymond Green is expecting to get a max contract from Golden State. Golden State is saying, hey, uh, you might want to go find that somewhere else because I don't think um, I don't think that Draymond is worth the max. He's a, what is it? What did Barkley call him? Uh, a single triple? <laughs> You, you average you average eight eight and eight. That's not going to get you a max contract. While I do think Draymond has played a key role in all the success that Golden State has man- managed to have over the course of the last, you know, half decade or pl- half decade plus, he is not a max player. And they're looking at Andrew Wiggins. They're looking at Jordan Poole. There's not five max contracts to be going nope, out on one no. team. And I'm sorry, but. Draymond, it ain't going to be yours, But wait, didn't, didn't you say something yesterday, Rob, about Curry saying we're a package deal? All three so all of a sudden them. the friction between Curry okay, and I Golden wonder, State? I wonder if uh, Curry and Klay Thompson are such a package deal that they're going to restructure their, their max, max deals <laughs> Probably to not. bring Draymond back and get that max contract. No I'm, I'm I'm highly doubting that. It He's is a business, and where's Draymond going to end up? That's the next topic for next season. So next. moving past... My rundown because it is over. Back to you, Dave. <laughs> Just a couple comments uh, based off of what I've seen. Um, Kyle's here. Good morning to Kyle and the sauce, uh, who, by the way, we're talking about weight issues. He was at the gym yesterday, so Kyle's putting in the work. Um, but he said there's a clause, is a 295 weight and body fat percentage clause. So you can't be a sloppy putty 285. You know what I mean? Like, but, if what, you're if he, just, but what if he's doing windmill yams on people's heads at don't matter. at 298? Don't matter. You know? It don't matter. You know, that man. guaranteed um, money. Look, if he's averaging 28 and, and nine and he's 299. Yeah, I, mean, I guarantee you Steve, that they guarantee him that money. Stevie Mac coming in saying they gave him the Eddie Lacy deal. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. Let's talk about Kyler for a second. Do you think sure. that's more of a Cliff Kingsbury thing or more of a front office thing? How do you think that came about? I don't think that Cliff Kingsbury has the the clout. No, but in the NFL circles, but, to but be, K- to Kingsbury be dictating could go the to the front office and say, "Look, I, that's great. We locked him up. Can you make sure this guy studies See, a little I, bit?" I think if anything, the player coach relationship in this situation, Cl- Kingsbury laid it all on the line. He was like, "We're drafting Kyler." 100%, that was his. I agree. He yes. said, "I want Kyler." Uh-huh. They have a relationship prior to, and they shipped out that gem of a quarterback, Josh Rosen. When Kingsbury was recruiting him, he, yep. they, they took a liking to each other. He ended up not coaching him in college, but the relationship stayed the same. And it was like Kingsbury's thing, like, yo, you could you could hire me, but we're drafting Kyler. And I think that might be blown out of proportion a little bit, but uh, they may have gone to Kingsbury and said, here's what we're going to do. And he said, look, that's your guy's deal. And he didn't really stop it. But could we talk about Kingsbury for a second? Just a I mean, second. A, I saw a graphic yesterday. A 
I saw a graphic yesterday where it was over his last seven seasons of coaching through the first five weeks or the the first seven weeks. Oh, he crushes it. He crushes it. Yeah, yeah. His win percentage (laughs) is like 800. And this is ranking back through college and NFL. And then you see him down the stretch in weeks nine through whatever, whether it be nine through 12 or nine through 17 or 18. It's tough sledding. Have you seen Kyler's numbers? His his win percentage is like like 300%. It's like almost as if like, it's almost as if they get tired of doing things. He just (laughs) doesn't have it down the stretch. Come come Halloween, they're like, you know what? I don't don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) Like it's the season's over, man. Let's let's pack it in. Uh, But look, they got a lot of issues over there in Arizona right now, man. A lot of issues. And the fact that this clause got removed, I made a tweet yesterday calling uh, Kyler Murray a bitch. And, you know, James Rube, social media James Rube came in and was like, that's not what happened. Because I said, you know, oh, he went, well, I don't want to study. And the Cardinals were like, okay, Kyler, like treating him like a fucking infant. I'm wondering if James Rube still thinks Gallo's going to break out this year. Did he say that? Yeah, remember we were at the fucking Rangers? Oh, my I God. Mean, the, um, the Knicks, Sixers. I, I wish we had that on film because I would just replay that over and over again. But, um, no, he said, like, he got on my case and said, that's not how it happened. And I'm sitting there like, what? 50, in my mind, I'm like. 50 dingers. He doesn't even have But in my mind, hits. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. Like, he hits. Yeah. Hit, by dingers, you meant hits? Yeah. Well, no. The judge has more home runs than Gallo has hits in 2022. Uh, but he's like, that's not how it went down. How? First of all, how do you know how it went down? It simply went down. Here's the timeline. Kyler signs the extension. The leak gets out about the clause in the contract. Kyler bitches about it and says he's feeling disrespected because he's a fucking 2022 crybaby. And then, of course, the Cardinals were like, ah, all right, you know what? Here, we'll take it out. We'll take it out. We trust you, bro. And then all is well. No, all is not well because now the security that the Cardinals did have is gone. Now he doesn't have to study. He doesn't have to do anything. You can find out because he's going to scamper his little legs around. He's going to run around. He's going to, who what an electrifying player. No, it's a broken play because you didn't know the fucking play, Kyler. So hopefully Kyler's study. He sucks. Whatever. Kyler sucks. Most overpaid quarterback in football right now is Kyler Murray. Did you see who Pete right Carroll now. said is the front runner for the Seattle quarterback? Geno Smith, it better be. He did say it was Yeah, Gino but Smith. did you see the video of my man, Andrew, uh, Drew Locke? Like lacing him yesterday. I'm talking. You know that Nets thing. Was with it? The, yeah, but was there? The three? Was, did he have to like make a decision, or was it like <laughs> no, 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 throw no. the ball through right there? Yeah, put with that no in defender. that net, and he was like, "Ha ha!" Did he have to Bam. go? Did he have to go through his progressions? Was no, no progressions coming? at all. It was just accuracy Let drill, and he yeah, smoked yeah, it. So I could do well on that. Shout too. out to my boy Drew Locke, starter of the Chase Seattle Seahawks. Young is going to be sidelined the first couple of weeks, according to Ron Rivera, of the regular season. Of the regular season. <sighs> Would you like to bet? Who wins that um, that quarterback job? No, because I, I would lean towards Geno. All right. I would. I, I would lean towards Geno. That's not a mistake. When, when Russ my got boy hurt Greg last actually, year, Geno did a good job for a, a really bad Seattle team. My boy Greg texted me yesterday. I guess he just learned about the DK extension. He's like, who's throwing him the ball? Pete Carroll? <laughs> I was like, yeah, probably. I was like, no, no, no. You put some respect on the legend that is Geno Smith. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, that's all that. Let's get into some um, baseball trade rumors as the tags... The tags. The trade deadline is almost up. Um, you can talk about this till you're blue in the face. We don't know where people are going to go, but there's rumors that are swirling right now. And here is the latest. You can get rid of the jumbo chop um, because you know they just in case I want to edit this later. Um, anyway, so you look at many teams that are involved in a lot of these big name guys, and believe it or not, there's a lot of big name guys out there that are being rumored to be in the trade market in that little bit of a trade pool. Everybody knows about. Um, the main one, which is Juan Soto I, for me out of nowhere. Like, I'm just like, maybe he just doesn't get dealt this no, year. You he's know, getting dealt. you think he's got, so he's got three more days with the nationals and then eventually he's going to be on somebody else's team. I just feel maybe like there's four. too many players in this thing right now. I'm I, the last one I read was the Cardinals. I read the Cardinals are heavy into this because Goldschmidt's only contracted through 2024. Yeah, no, the Cardinals were were early front runner. But I'm saying, imagine that, and they're saying like, what a run it would be for Pujols to get into a playoff run because all of a sudden Juan Soto's injected into your lineup. I would, I would say that the Cardinals are prime for a playoff run regardless right now, the way they're playing. But I'm saying, but if they imagine Soto, having yeah. Soto, right. Then the Dodgers, because, you know, they get everybody. Uh, but I think, I think, if I had to make a prediction, and that's what we're doing here today, if Soto is moved, he's not coming to the Yankees. I think the Benintendi deal, kind of the trade there, kind of deads that. The Mets right now, I'm trying to figure out. They made a deal yesterday uh, or two days ago. Tyler Naquin. Yeah, Nick and Philip Deal from uh, Cincinnati. So they get some outfield and pen help. But like, what I'm thinking is this. Do the Mets have 
Will the Mets have a star to trade to the Nationals? Because it's not going to take their minor league system right now is Francisco Alvarez. He's probably the number one prospect catcher in baseball right now, from what I've read. So that's what it would take, plus other shit. You can't imagine that the, the Nationals are like, yeah, just give us your catcher and we'll give you Juan Soto. There's got to be a star involved. So that makes me believe. Do the and I'm not bashing the Mets here, but do the Mets have a star that they're ex, that's expendable right now? They could just ship off for. For Juan Soto, no, they don't. They like, have, they have a, they the Mets have a decent farm system though. They they could definitely package a deal together, but can they package the best deal? The Mets can put together a deal that is warranting a, a Juan Soto trade. The thing is, it's not going to come down to what the Mets can give. It's going to come down to can the Mets give better than what the Cardinals or the Padres? Correct. Can and, and that's why I think that question I, I is just don't. No way. I don't see it. I, I like unless you're. There is a couple names on the Mets roster that are been looped, uh, linked to trading, like Dom Smith. But I'm like, that's not that's not moving the needle for me for Juan Soto. I'll give you Joey Gallo. That's it. Done. Deal. Do it. Um, but like, and Joey Gallo is obviously on that trade list. But I don't know who the hell would, in their right mind, take on Joey Gallo right now. And that contract. Gun to my head right now, I say Juan Soto stays in the NL, and he either goes to the Braves, the Cardinals, the or the Padres. The Mets would have a shit fit if Juan the Soto Braves, goes Cards, to the Braves. The Braves, Cards, or Pods. Seeing the Padres are front runners like every day. That's what you see. <sighs> like, imagine that team. That team is so young that's my prediction. My prediction right now is to narrow that down. I do have a feeling that Monday we're going to also be able to talk about where Juan Soto is going to land. We'll get a little more details. Maybe some of these other teams will be bowing out of the race with – other other trades, you know, there is a decent amount of outfielders still available. Ian Happ is a good I have, consolation. I have a list here. Uh, yeah. Robbie Grossman is a decent consolation. There's some guys out there. Yeah. Um, so as far as the Soto deal, we're not going to know because, again, this weekend will maybe say a lot. We'll, we'll know more on Sunday if, for whatever reason, he's not in the lineup. You know what I mean? Like, those are the key indicators that, all right, you're on your way out. My prediction right now is that he stays put for the year. I don't know. I just I think there's too many hats too many names in this hat right now for the Nationals to make a decision well, no, right they're, now. But they're getting they're getting offers. They're getting legitimate, Correct, but, bona fide offers. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it might be too much, and they can be like, we can get even more if this guy balls out for the rest of the year and do it in the offseason. We're only two months away from the offseason, believe but, it or not. There's like August, September, all of a sudden World Series. And I don't, I don't know. Look, here's, here's my point when it comes to that. They owe him about $10 million more this year that they don't want to pay. Because they're out of it, so the haul is going to be the same. I, like they, even if he balls out for the next month and a half, how much more could he raise his stock? He's no, it's, it's ultimately you know high I mean? right now. He's, yeah. If anything, you're going to have some guys that are a little less eager because there's not a World Series dangling in the balance. Right now, you have teams that are desperate to make a run because they're right there, they're poised. The whole, you know, the whole weight. I, I just don't see it. It's a ten million dollar mistake, and the value isn't going to necessarily be higher, guaranteed. You might even get worse. There might be a few teams, a few more teams that are out because they made their deal this trade deadline. So I think you got to strike now while the iron's hot. There's two years of control, right? Mm-hmm. The, and this the, re, the rest of this season. So I think it makes sense. Whether it be two years or one year, nonetheless, right now you get him for the, 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 the rest of this season. So his value is there for that. I am all for Tony Benevento's uh, suggestion today. Gallo for a brand new washing machine. I mean... They're making really nice washing machines nowadays, so I would definitely do that. Uh, Florida Mike, Hawaii Mike, uh, whatever Mike we want to call him at this point. Teams will always trade more for when the World Series is attainable. It's much more attainable than the offseason. I agree. But, I again, I feel like there's just – it's getting cluttered right now. So maybe this weekend they sit – like just like you said, some teams are like, you know what, fuck this. I can't. I can't afford this yeah, shit. Like, so you know what I mean? like, it's getting cluttered as far as the the – mainstream media is concerned but as far as the Nats go they could be like yeah there's 13 teams interested there's about two or three offers that we're taking serious because right. everyone else throws their name in the hat for public perception and to please appease their fan base like you can't be a Yankees fan and have the front office not say yeah we're in on Soto because you'll be like what the fuck the Yankees didn't even try for Soto so they tried for Soto they weren't right. ever in on Our Soto due diligence is the name of the game um Castillo you know where I think he's going. I think the Yankees are willing to, to give the most for Castillo. I really do. The Dodgers and the Mets are up there, but the Yankees right now are, they might have to part with their top two prospects. Oh, but did you see the play that Volpe made last night, by I the didn't. way, in Somerset? Oh, my God. I but I think. He could be the guy. He could be the future shortstop of the Yankees, you know, you, man. You I don't could, know. 
Yeah, they're going to have to give up both of them. Because of the amount of other teams that are involved, he's the by far the best pitcher at the deadline right now. Yeah. There is other arms out there, but nothing like, you know, Frankie Montas is a is a I think it's like a significant drop below Castillo. Well, that seems to be option number 2 for the Yankees is Montas and then after that I believe there's a, somebody from Pittsburgh that they're thinking and and, and like in typical Yankee form like that that'll they're be Pablo the guy. Pablo Lopez is in they're they're talking about. I mean, there's other guys on this trade line. Look, I, and I'll get into it in a second, but anyway, Castillo there he's been linked to a couple teams um Seattle is one of them, actually, because of the fact that imagine, you know, they're pitching rotation already. And then you add a Castillo, they can really run away or at least get into the postseason. I mean, they're chasing the Astros for the rest of the year, no matter what. But that would kind of slide them right into a wild card spot, no matter what. So that's an interesting one. Wilson Contreras has been linked to the Mets heavily. Um, but like I said, for the Mets to land somebody very big. They're going to have to part ways with with their number one prospect. I well, think. I don't I think, think there's a I question about it. I think if there's something for the Mets to do, that kind of points it points me in that direction. Why not trade your catching prospect for a catcher, right? An all star catcher. I think that works out perfect. But what I was reading about Contreras is that um, a lot of teams are a little worried about how he'll mesh with the pitching staff. Supposedly, he's like a dick. And pitchers don't like dealing with him, so bringing him in New York a, a stretch run <laughs> with some with some personalities with you know Max Scherzer, most importantly, we'll see how that meshes. We'll see uh, if well, they if they make the trade. But Contreras, Ian Happ, they're both on the move too. Do you think we live in a world right now that by Tuesday morning or afternoon, whenever the hell the deadline is actually set in place, is Shohei Otani anywhere else? No, that's not going to happen, right? Like that's no, maybe they they really are serious about taking offers, but it's the I think one of the GMs that spoke to the Angels and he's anonymous, of course, said that it's taking like here's what they're asking, and I quote because I might have have it here. Oh, it's down there, but yeah, there it says they want like their top four prospects and possibly a, a player, like a major league player. So four of your best prospects. And a major league ready player. I don't know about all that. Ibi the Ibi and Rube are both coming in, both Mets fans. Um, and Ibi has a brand new episode of Till Mets Do Us Part. They're back, so be sure to check in with them and Sapinaro on the Chop Sports Podcast Network. So Alvarez isn't going anywhere unless it's for Soto or Otani. So that's that's a thing. I, I would assume that he's has the connects or knows the right writers to to agree to that, to say, like, okay, this is the guy, he's the future of the franchise. And we'd move them, but it's got to be for a goddamn superstar like Soto or um, or Otani. Yes, yeah, so uh, and Rube saying that it's not going to take Alvarez to get a Wilson Contreras. And I don't, I I believe it. Look, we just got a Benintendi for for a bag of balls as well. So I, I I could see that happening. It really comes down to, and this lends to the point that I that Rube is talking about because of there's trepidation by other teams. The Cubs are really in a tough spot here because. The only real market is going to be created by the competition because everybody knows the Cubs want to come off of these contracts. So their their leverage is gone in the trade. The leverage has to be created with a trade market. If there's teams bowing out for this reason or that, then the haul that you're going to get is less. So he might be right on the Contreras thing for yeah, sure. He says uh, Mauricio, Dom Smith, and a lower-end prospect for Contreras and Robertson. Stay the fuck away from David Robertson. I want David Robertson. And that's another thing, too. A willingness... The biggest uh, bargaining chip that teams could have, even in the Soto trade, is going to be also a willingness to take on a Josh Bell contract. So you actually get two players if you're willing to pay the money, and that alleviates you having to give up a ton of farm system prospects. So the Mets will spend money, too. And a willingness to take on the full contract, that's a, a big bargaining chip in the trade. It'd be coming back. Rentals aren't getting big-time prospects. So if they're, if they're only going to be there for a year, you're not going to get the farm system in order to acquire this talent. So... But looking at all of these guys that are the big name guys, like a Castillo, or they're all well, kind of rentals. You, no, you, I mean you got to give them we, the payday we, eventually. We say that, Ibby, that rentals aren't. But like, and I'm not here to bash the Mets, but typically what they've done in years past is they would trade their their best prospect well, for they a got rental. Uncle Steve. And now, like, there so has been teams, and there will be a team at this deadline that trades their best prospect for a rental. It happens every year, and it's not necessarily the right move, but it does happen. Why does a team like the Orioles? who are red hot right now, want to get rid of a guy like uh, Trey Mancini. Because while they're red, while they're, right now they'll get their most for while him. While they're red hot, there is no real potential even to make the postseason. Like, there is, but they're in fifth place in their own division. There's a lot of teams that they have to jump, right? Or it, did they pass Toronto? 
No. I think ba- Baltimore. Boston's in last. Boston's in yes. last. Wow. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like that I, I, I Feel so, good Friday. So Boston Red Sox last I don't think place. it's a real feasible thing for you to look I mean, at the makeup the of that call team yesterday after and and think game, that you're so. going to and think that you're going to make a World Series run right now. It's like having to really do a internal revenue thing and say, you know what, we don't have it. This money isn't worth it, and we could get something for him now. Names, honestly, what could they even get? I don't know. You said Josh Bell before, so that kind of clicked on him. They're Ian Happ. 49 right now. They're th- uh, three games behind Tampa Bay and five games behind Toronto. Yeah, so that's that's tough sled. I mean, look, everybody has a feel-good story right now. has Seattle. There's some teams that are But remember, there's an extra playoff team this year. And then below them, it's 40. Texas is 44. I mean, look, I don't want to see them because I just, again, one of those things where I'm just like, I don't want to see the most red-hot team in the playoffs, but... It would be a cool story for the Baltimore Orioles to make the playoffs. I would love it. Of course you would. If we get the one seed and they're the wild This is coming card. from the same guy who wanted to play the Red Sox last yeah, year. Yeah, so who do you want to play, Dave? Uh, nobody. I want a bye to the finals. Yeah. I want a bye to the World the Series. The, world, the, the, the MLB Shut finals. Shut the fuck up. You know what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the fuck I meant. Don't even be a jerk off. <laughs> so, Ian Happ, another name How out there. How many quarters do they play in the... <laughs> Kyle's coming in saying the Orioles kind of cooled down. OPS yeah, they have. Numbers are they down. have. Bullpen coming back down to earth. They're yeah, no, they five have. They're 5-5-10. Five and, five and, ten and, it, was, and it, was, it was like a perfect timing for the trade deadline to be like, look, guys, don't, yeah, don't trade the fucking Trey Mancini right now. Here. Don't get crazy. You are not a contender. Yeah, but in any event, other names to know, uh, to think about. We talked about Gallo, Trey Mancini, Dom Smith. Names out of Boston. Um, Christian Vasquez, all of a sudden, the catcher. So you want to upgrade your catcher? Like, he's, he's all right. He's another punchable, punchable face. But he's available for trade because the Boston Red Sox are completely just off the rails. J.D. Martinez is another name that I'm thinking, like, okay, this is going to make more sense. Uh, if he shipped off, shipping out of Boston. <laughs> Instead of up to Boston. No. All right. Uh, Nelson Cruz, who's usually the biggest get for any team around August. You know, so we'll see about what he does. Uh, or if they move him, uh, Nathan Avaldi, also a name to keep your eye out for anybody needing pitching help. Uh, same with David Robertson we mentioned before. Ready for this? Noah Syndergaard has popped up on some of the trade wow. blocks that I'm reading. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, well, how fitting would that be if Noah Syndergaard, Thor, came back to New York? And pitch for the Yankees. Originally, when do you remember all those trade rumors back in the day? Like, you know, the DeGrom and Thor, like one of those guys going to New York, and then Syndergaard moves out to LA. He's I'm, having himself a uh, whatever Imagine year. That Subway I'm series. Good. You're good that without was like Thor. The World Series. Now let's just say we miss out on Castillo. We miss out on, on Montas. We miss out on all these guys because other people offered more. Would you kick the tires on a low end deal for a Noah Syndergaard? Yes. All right. So like, that's, that, that better, that's not yeah, at this point. I'm not, I'm yeah. not like, no, I'm not saying we, do we it now. I'm just, he's going to get lit up in the fucking playoffs probably. So no. <laughs> More than likely. I mean, but look, what do you mean playoff? He hasn't even had the. What was it? The 2015 was his playoff run. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm good. On he didn't have run. anything. I'm good. That that'll just be like a little bit worse than what we have in Severino. Okay. Okay. Um, I wonder, though, about Thor. Uh, I wonder if he'll be worried that he's going to run out of money when he retires. Uh, because if he is, we got a guy for that. Michael Fusco, the Fusco Insurance Agency, he will help you. He'll explore using life insurance and annuities to help you build a more secure future so you can worry a little bit less right now. Call 718-701-5787 to schedule a complimentary consultation. 718-701-5787. Guarantees and protections are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company. Some insurance policies are not available in all states. Also, if you're a small business owner like myself and Gooch, you can also offer your customers some financing. <laughs> Just have a 540 FICO score or above starting at 300 bucks. Get involved with that with the prestigetaxfinancing.com forward slash business financing. And of course, a big special shout out to our boys over at Dat Chat doing the damn thing with blockchain, NFTs, a brand new social media platform where you can't get banned. It's an amazing thing. Uh, you could do that. And of course, Hater Fantasy Sports. Dot com. You're going to pay more attention to them. I have a call scheduled with him later on today to kind of shore up all the... i got to write a script for a commercial. I've never done that before, but first time for everything. Gooch, take care of your taint on a Friday. Yes, yeah, so make sure you scrub your balls before <laughs> you shave them. So the manscape.com offers a promo code from Chop Sports, and you receive 20% off your entire order, plus free shipping anywhere in the world. They have all the exfoliators. You wash your balls off first, then you apply this cream... You got a buzz little spritzer, it off. the crop And then preserver. you have the crop shaver 2.0. So once you buzz it down, you could actually shave it with this like beautiful. Bro, I know. I know. I, know. I just get it nervous. It seems terrifying. It does. It's like fucking silk. 
I'm okay. telling you right now, it's like silk. You can I know what I'm doing on, on your, a Friday night. You can even use it on your neck beard, <laughs> on your neck beard, Dave. I don't have a neck beard anymore. I got a freshly clean. So head on over to Manscaped. my boy Diego. Head on over to Manscaped.com. Use the promo code SHOPSPORTS, and you receive 20% off, like I said earlier. All right. So, What's up, guys? It's Sturge from Chop Sports, and today I'm here to finally deliver some new happenings with our friends over at Absolute Eyewear. You already know the deal. They're stocked. They have the biggest brands, including Ray-Ban, Polo, and now introducing its newest player to their star-studded lineup, Oakley. They work with all your major insurance companies, including BCBS, AARP, and so much more. If you check out Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, next to the train station, you'll receive $100 off any prescription frames and lenses. That's $100. Check them out right now by either calling 732-326-3937 or visit their website, absolute-eyewear.com. Tell them Chop Sports Sturch sent you. Speaking on personal experience, the house buying and house selling process is a bitch. It's not fun. It's not fun at all. But you know who made it fun? You know who turned all this around, took all the stress out of the process? It's Curtis Counts of EXP Realty. Whether you're buying a house, selling a house, searching for a house, you'll get constant emails of things that pop up in your budget and what you're actually looking for. To start this process, you just have to call Curtis right now. You can reach him at 732-856-2293 or shoot him an email at kurtrcounts at hotmail.com. And yes, some some of us folks are still using Hotmail. Back to you, Dave. Back to you, Skip. All right, anyway, it is a feel-good fantasy football Friday. It's an open forum, guys. Open uh, forum today. Oh, There's man, the Bills. Man. The Bills. <laughs> the Bills. Oh, the Bills are going to win the division again. No big deal. Um it is a feel-good fantasy football Friday. We got an open forum, guys. There's a lot of things we want to discuss. As you get closer, we enter the month of August, and all of a sudden your mock drafts and your drafts are starting to be scheduled. Again, don't be the dick that does like before the preseason game one. You're like, hey, let's draft. Uh, let's not do that. But you're going to have to start taking some notes. And I sure as shit have a couple questions for the apparent guru over here uh, that ha might have a couple thoughts, and maybe some people in the chat as well have an answer for me. Um but yeah, so let's let's get it started here. So we're gonna take it back to the basics for this one. We're gonna I'm, not, I'm gonna try and avoid using players by name for draft purposes, but I might bring them up along the way. So it's 2022, and you've been asked to enter a, your very first fantasy football draft, and this is what you do next. That's what we're doing here. Oh. So for anybody that's been in fantasy football drafts and just ragtags it, this is for you as well. So. First things first, you have to identify your draft strategy. And I know that sounds like, oh, what the fuck does that mean? Well, it means like go into it with a plan. You have to go into it with, am I going to draft best available? Am I going to go in running back heavy early? Am I going to punt on quarterback? There's a bunch of different strategies that you can employ, but I advise that you, that you pick one and then you kind of stick to it. So going on to the next step, what I would do here is draft prep, bro. As we have identified your draft strategy, now you got to get into the draft prep. That goes into like ranking players. When you rank your players, you do it two ways. One way is you just rank them down the list and you say, all right, I'm going to go with this guy here. But then what you have to do, and I think it's super important that a lot of people don't do it, is you have to tier out these guys. Started doing that last year because of yes. you. you so tiering out your players gives you an idea. It's like it, it, you lose... You might want a specific guy, but lose your love affair with that specific player if there's three other guys that you're like, you know what, they're the same player. I could probably move off of this position right now and take something that's a little more scarce. And it will maybe make you avoid your draft strategy a little bit, but you could always circle back and fix things later on. Which leads me to the next point. Don't um, smoke crack. Definitely not crack. It's Weed, for, not so bad. For, but I would say water, when you go into a draft... Obviously, when you go into a draft, you do all the mock drafts and you kind of um, see where players are going to fall. Um, map out your first five to seven rounds. Try and go into it with a direct plan and say, you know what? I do this every year or in, in a specific draft, I map out first round, second round, and I write down my ideal situation. And then I write down, I'd be okay with this. And it helps with the tiers doing that. And then, like I said, it's not always going to go according to your plan, but it gives you a good idea where you're at around round six. If you're like, you know what, it's all working out. And then you have the rest of the rounds to kind of just pick up on the best player available. Question from the sauce real quick. Chris, are you still offering that fantasy football draft sheet with sleepers bust for Patreon members? I'm drafting in four weeks. Is that something of Patreon members can yes, get involved yes, yes. with? Kyle, that is being um, worked on 
as we do the fantasy thing. So I'm saving all my notes, and it's going to be a nice little bundle, a nice little thing that everybody's got. So, yes, I do. Patreon members, there's a lot of things that are cool uh, coming up on the horizon. Yes. I guess I'll use this as an opportunity Go to ahead. plug it. But uh, we're doing a NFL autograph signed mini helmet break on Monday. So everybody's going to get a team. If you're a Patreon member, any of the Patreon members, it doesn't matter which tier you're on, you're going to receive a team because I believe there's under 32, right? There's under there's around 30 Patreon members. There's so we 20 might have to something, yeah. finesse it a little bit. But everybody's going to get a team, and you're going to get a chance to uh, win an autographed helmet. And that's something that we'll be doing at least once every couple weeks going forward throughout the football season, cool. as well as my draft prep and my picks. Right. So where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah, mapping out your first five to seven rounds is always a good strategy. And then um, moving past that, you have to make sleeper lists and you have to make, make like, do not draft lists, 100%. So identifying guys that have value later in rounds over a guy like Azik who has no value early in rounds, and I say this <clears throat> in jest partly, but you get a guy like Zeke that's going around the third round and then you have a guy like A.J. Dillon that's going around the fifth one guy's trending up, one guy's trending down. They might end up around the same fantasy points this season. So using a third-round pick on a guy like Zeke when you could get an A.J. Dillon in the fifth round, I think that's not the right move. Dave, talking to you. Uh, do you honestly think in your heart of hearts that Zeke and A.J. Dillon are going to score the same amount of points this year? I think that if you look at what they did last year, I'm you'd be I'm just asking you a question. You, not about last be, year. I'm very, talking about this year. you very hard-pressed. To like think that Zeke is actually going to do better than AJ Dillon this year. You're okay. <laughs> I think I I'm think, laughing also because Bailey thought he had dibs on the Cowboys break. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> Bailey. So that is Bailey. hilarious. So where am I at? Oh yeah. Um, so to do not draft list, you have to you have to make one because what this does is it allows people you to be like you know what when McCaffrey goes it's like thank God when when Zeke goes it's thank God <laughs> when when all these people are drafting quarterbacks uh, in the second and third round it's like thank God because it allows you to get your players that you'd like later um then I want to talk a little bit about where to draft your quarterback I know a I lot actually of, that's one of my questions how soon for a quarterback? how soon on the quarterback this is one of the age-old questions in fantasy to me I think it's I've never really felt good about my draft when I when I reach on a quarterback because it's it not fine reach. Like in I that took regard. I took Lamar Jackson post MVP season in the third round. So right? did I. Right, and then in that very same draft, oh, I had a back to back. In so that yeah. very same draft, Josh Allen went in the thirteenth. I think that's happened to my brother. Right, I think that's actually what happened. Aaron Rodgers was going or in like was the fifteenth round. He won the MVP that year. So there is extremely. There's a lot of value late at the quarterback position because everybody's got one. And when you draft your second quarterback, if he's good, good luck trading him. You know, so the reason why I like to punt on quarterback, and I, I say this, when I say punt, I don't mean punt. There could be a time in the sixth round when you're like, you know what, this guy I have in, in the, the tier two, right? There's no way he should be here still. And like you're just like, you know what, I'm going to go against the grain because there's good value at receiver in the middle rounds. But when it, the way I draft, I would like to have – Three running backs and three receivers, or four running backs and three receivers after the sixth Sir, round, seventh round. Circling back to your do not draft. Okay. James Rube has Christian McCaffrey overall number one. Have at it. I mean, <laughs> like, have at it. I mean, it's just based like. Based on what? Exactly. Like, based ba on what? Where is your what analytics? Two, where is your ago? stats? Where is your health report that's going to say that this guy hasn't crushed fantasy owners for multiple years? And everybody's saying, like, How do you who, who else that? do they have? And that's like my point. They do have DJ Moore. That's somebody. But who else is going to get the ball out of the backfield? Chuba Hubbard, right? Like, yeah. he's, he's proven that he's at least viable. Even if McCaffrey does stay healthy all year. The way that they're going to keep McCaffrey healthy all year is going to be limit. <laughs> is going to be to limit his usage a little bit. I can't see McCaffrey holding up. He might be like a stud in the couple games that he plays, but it's pending. Like the McCaffrey injury is pending, and I don't, for one split second, think that James Rube is going to take McCaffrey first overall. Not for one well, split second. McCaffrey, uh, Kyle's saying if he is healthy, he's going to get like a thousand touches. <laughs> like he, maybe they will run him into the ground. I don't know. I, to me, I don't think that's. 
It's not realistic. It's not really right. It's not realistic. It's not realistic. It's like a, he's think. a stub toe away from fucking six weeks out. You know, it's it's weird with him. The idea. And don't get me wrong. I like the kid. I actually like him coming out of college, and it was fun to watch. And I'm just like, this guy's gonna be electric, and he is when he's healthy. But like, you don't have enough of a sample size to say. CMC is your clear-cut number one guy this year. Like, you just don't. A guy like Jonathan Taylor, who I have, and I'll go over this later, but, like, I, I took three mock drafts from good sources. Taylor is the cons- – like, there's no – there's no questions. There's no yeah, – there's, there's no way. And he's I, been there for a year. I don't think that James Rube is taking um, – he's not he's, – he's definitely not taking – who the fuck are we even talking about? I'm McCaffrey. Scared. Oh, McCaffrey, that bum. I see I already forgot about him already. He's not <laughs> taking McCaffrey over, over Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Not going to happen. Uh, I have questions. Yes. Guru, you're the 12. And I'm not saying you're the 12. I know you, you're dangerous from the 12 spot. I get all that for the dynasty leagues, right? But, like, you're the 12. I'm talking about positions. Are you a stack two position guy at 12, or are you a split them and then figure it out? Like, are you running? Like, are you solidifying your running back tandem at eleven, at twelve and thirteen, or are you like, I'll take the best running back and I'll take the best receiver? Available? It depends how the first round goes. Look, it used to be first round heavy on running back, running back, running back, and it still is in in large parts. But right now, you're seeing maybe three or four receivers going in the top twelve. Uh, yes, you right? are. Uh, Cooper uh, Cup, yeah. Jonathan, T- um, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and then Devontae Adams are all sneaking. You know. Some of them in the first round. I think Devontae goes mid-second round this year. But nonetheless, there's some receivers that are going fairly early. And I pointed out last year's running backs that all went in the top eight, they almost all got hurt or had bad seasons. You looked at a Jonathan Taylor. You looked at certain other guys that were drafted later. I mean, Derrick Henry got hurt. He was really good early, but it didn't pay off in the end. Uh, So there is a little bit more of a – risk when you take a running back because of the amount of injuries and because a lot of these guys just aren't bell cow backs anymore they're in a they're in a platoon and i say platoon they're in a timeshare at running back they're not they're sharing carries Receivers- well that, that was another one of my questions being that like thinking about it like logistically being that there's 32 starting running backs even though it's a most like I don't think there's any more bell cows. Like even no, there even, is. There's Najee Harris is one. Jonathan that, Taylor's one. Like there's a there there is is two Henry. out of thirty two. Huh? What? Derrick Henry's a bell cow. Yeah, Fine. Three yeah. out of thirty two. So we, I could, realistically, I find more. If I mean, there's definitely think, more. You know, Joe Mixon. Um, there's always Antonio a third. By, there's always be. a third down back that's viable in, in Cincinnati. Yeah, always. but they're not that's getting true. many carries. Like you know, Perrine. I'm will, not saying will, will get he's, they're cutting into all his targets. But I'm just saying, or to carries. But I'm saying, 32 starting running backs, 64 starting receivers. Does that weigh into your options? Does that weigh into your strategies? Considering how deep receivers are, because every team technically has two, sometimes three guys that are going to get the ball. So, like, do you are you? What I'm saying, what I'm asking is, are you a volume guy, knowing that you're going to get that that one guy a running back, or uh, get a guy I'm, like a I'm like I don't know, a, like a, a volume a targets guy? Like if you're going to get the ball right. thrown your way a lot, yes, I'm high on you. But as far as what you're asking, um, there's receivers right now that have RB one value. You know, like the, it's a passing league, and Jamar Chase is every bit as good as any guy, and he's going to be every bit as important to your fantasy team that a running back will be. It's just a matter of which way do you like to go about it. And where do you think the value is late? The reason why I typically tend to not go super heavy on receiver in the first two rounds is because there's a lot of talent at receiver late where running back talent is a little harder to find. And as far as free agent um, values go throughout the season, it's very seldom that you see a, a receiver come out of nowhere and become viable as an option because there's so many drafted late as flyers. Running backs opportunities injuries create opportunities and you could end up adding a running back a little bit easier the elijah mitchells of the world the, yeah, yeah yeah i did James that last Robinsons year of the world over mm-hmm. the, the past couple of years where you could even nick chubb when he when he got traded or when um who was it that Cream got Hunt? traded mid-season to Cream. the texans and nick chubb inherited the job was it duke johnson Duke, Duke Johnson's Johnson been around, with, yeah, but he yeah. was on yeah, Cleveland, yeah, he went, got yeah, traded, he, yes, yes, and then yes, he ended, yes. and Nick Chubb ended up getting the job. And this I before him Hunt free agency. got there, yeah. So there's a bunch of guys that you could end up adding at running back because of the opportunities get created through injury. Receiver, there's not many guys that outside of like a Tim Patrick is the one that jumps out at me. Amon Ross, St. Brown last year, where they're once they get a situation where they're able to get a little more targets, they're they're worth it. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go and show you three. Mock drafts, uh, one being NBC Sports staff, one being Pro Football Network staff, one being CBS Sports staff. 
the clear-cut number one running back or number one pick is Jonathan Taylor. Everybody's touting that he's going to just kind of pick up where he left off last year and do his damn thing. Bolt carries, bell cow, uh, new quarterback, which means people are going to have to respect the pass a little more with the emergence of Michael Pittman Jr. and company. I think they drafted the kid, too. Um, but, like, the Colts are going to be a good offense, and Jonathan Taylor is going to steal. a little flyer on Alec Pierce for Pierce, that's rookie of the year. All right, so here is the across the way, in three of these drafts, Two of them took Austin Eckler second overall. Are you okay with that? Because I mean, like again, I'm, injury I'm, bug. Bro, I've been I've been avoiding Eckler for years, and I've been paying the price for it for years. Because Eckler is another case in point of a guy that was probably drafted back into the first round, early second round, much like Jonathan Taylor, and they outplayed all the guys that were drafted above them last year. So you would eventually imagine that the wheels will fall off on Austin Eckler, but he's just really good in a really good system with a really good offensive line and a and a coach that's willing to use him in innovative ways. I'm high on Eckler this year for the first time, and maybe I'll pay the price for it. But, yeah, Eckler at two, I'm not so sold on. So I, I'd go according to, to Harris over Pro him. Football Network, McCaffrey goes two overall. That was the other second spot. Um, three, there is a, a no consensus here. Talk about it. Ask me if this is a reach. Pro Football Network's third overall pick was Cooper Cup. I mean, he had 145 catches last year. They added Allen Robinson in place of Robert Woods and no Odell to speak of for the time being. So his targets are going to be there. Yeah, Cooper McCaffrey Cup. goes. Cooper uh, Cup, you're not going to go wrong with a Cooper Cup. McCaffrey goes CBS Sports number three. Over three overall for NBC Sports. Derek Henry going as high as three. Are you at all concerned about any kind of health with him this year? Yes, but. I mean, his I mean, carries are ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm big on Derek Henry because he's a beast. And he's the one guy, I said it going into last year, that he's like the AP where he's going to buck the trend mm. of getting too much usage. But he did bust up his, was it his list, Frank? Yes. It's not a great injury, but he came back that year. You know, so maybe he's got it past him, and he is the, a beast in the workout room. The so. aforementioned Christian McCaffrey, the, la the, la the, the latest he goes is fourth overall. Yeah, fourth overall is the latest he goes at NBC Sports. Fourth overall, we just talked about Henry. We just talked about Cup before. The fifth one, this is as high as I'm seeing Najee Harris at five. That's a good one. I, I think I this like kid, I, he's, in, he's in line for a really good. I'm as confident in Najee Harris's volume that I would take Najee Harris if I was the number two guy. I would take Najee Harris second overall. I, I worry a little bit about Pittsburgh um, having the quarterback to stretch the field and get defenses to respect him a little bit. So Najee Harris is going to have to deal with a little bit of extra bullshit in, in the box. But Najee Harris is just a stud, and they are going to use the shit out of him this year. So I'm so big on Najee Harris. Across the board, and then uh, the other picks were Henry and Echo. We talked about him already. Across the board, no consensus in the sixth pick overall. NBC took Dalvin Cook. Um Pro Football Network took Justin Jefferson and CBS Sports uh, with <clears throat> Joe Mixon. I think the points is that, Mixon the, too high. Yes, the points that we're all making here, or, or that I'm getting from this, is that it's a very scattered first round. You're going to see this. I've done 25 mock drafts, and it's all over the place. It's really hard to get a gauge. So my what I'm kind of doing is letting it dictate. I have a strategy, but then I have a fallback plan too. Obviously, that's what you got to do when you're drafting, but. As we go through the first round, it really is going to be if, if you're picking at the back end, you have to take the best available guy and then employ your strategy after that. It could be the best available player at any position, or you could be like, I'm taking the best available running backs. I'm taking one running back, one receiver. It also depends on there's know your league. If there's a two receiver league, I think it takes so much importance away from the receiver position, because even if you're doing a 12 man league with one flex, there's way more than 34 or 36 good receivers mm -hmm. and running backs to be tossed into the flex position. So I won't I won't keep going like in order, but like things that pop out at me based off these drafts, the highest I see a Jamar Chase is seventh overall. So that's again volume. Diggs. When do you see when you start seeing ready Diggs for this? Stephon Diggs receiver off the board. Stephon Diggs. I'm seeing. I only did one first round. Two of these one draft. He's not in the first round. No, he shouldn't be in. Well, he's 12th in Pro Football Network and CBS Sports. He's the 12th overall pick. So if you're sitting there at 12 and you have a chance to land Stephon Diggs, is that a, a value play based off of everybody Diggs else who's 12. fell? No fucking way. Okay. I do um, like Diggs, but not at 12. The farthest Cooper Cup drops looks like is eighth overall. Um, your boy Mixon, like I said, sixth is early, but then he's falling to ninth over here at Pro Football Network, so that's okay. Harris falling all the way to 10. In pro football, net. that is a goddamn steal 
if I ever saw one. Uh, Harris falls to 11 on CBS Sports, so that's huge. Question mark here, or question for you. In these three drafts, with all everything that we know about these players and looming suspensions, Kamara falls to 10th overall in NBC, but nowhere to be found in the other ones. Yeah, he's off. My, he's not on my list. He ain't on my list either. No okay. I'm taking Alvin Kamara. All right. There's just too much up in the air. And while he'll probably come back, and he might be one of those guys that helps you win a league because you get him late, but I'm not going to be the guy that he helps. Are you I can taking any you Saint? Are you looking at any Saints? Maybe Jameis Winston in like the fifteenth. <laughs> maybe their defense. <laughs> maybe, which I'll get to in a second. I see one guy out here. Uh, I see one guy here on two of the drafts. Once he goes ninth overall, and another one he goes eleventh overall, and that's Travis Kelsey. Are you willing to draft a guy that high? No, I made that mistake last year and it fucked me. So I'll never take a okay. tight end that early ever. Ever. And then the only other thing that jumps off the charts, we talked about Diggs already at 12. A 12th overall pick from NBC Sports. This will be the last one I do. Debo Samuel. Mm. In the top 12, first round pick in fantasy this year, Debo. No. Okay. Not happening. Interesting. So go ahead. Get back into a couple of the strategies. And I'm I'm noticing how Rube uh, you know, says says these things like McCaffrey won overall and while I don't agree with him, I, I like the strategy that he's imploring, though, because you cannot get married to these pre-draft rankings by set by other people because they're literally just other people. It's, it's their opinions collectively. And there's you have to know that what you're doing the work as well. And I like what Rube does because he's made comments that before that are a little outlandish, but you have to do that shit. You have to say, you know, you have to say, be willing to go out on a limb because you're going to take a risk uh, in certain points in fantasy, and it's going to have to pay off. And when usually when you when you take risks, it doesn't pay off. But some risk assessment needs to, and some luck has to fall into play. But my major advice is to don't get married to the list. And when you go into your draft room, sort it by ADP instead of the pre-draft rankings, because it'll it'll That's give you a better kind of what I do too. It'll give where, you a better pulse as to going. where guys are going. Right. And don't be afraid to reach on your guy if you're picking, because 25 picks go by sometimes, or 24 picks. There's no guarantees that you're going to get your guy because he's, you know, 25 picks later. And also know the the draft. Like, when you're looking at – if you're picking ninth, right, or you're picking 10th and there's the 11th and the 12th pick after you and you're like, I need a quarterback right here, right, and it's it's going – they're going to both pick twice and you're looking at their team in the ninth round and they both have a quarterback. Guess what? Don't pick the fucking quarterback right there because the odds are neither of those two guys are going to. So you you block them and take one of the players that they might, and it goes back. And that happens all too often where people just don't pay attention to what's happening in their own draft. And okay. also know that you're drafting with a Cowboys fan. Know that you're drafting with a Jets fan. Sure. Know that you're drafting with – so just do, know do the a room. little recon. Know the, the room. room, yeah. No, listen. Last year, I went very Cowboys heavy. And last year, the Cowboys had the best offense statistically in football. So therefore, guess what? I cleaned up. I, I went all the way to the finals and lost <laughs> because – that's what happens. Uh, but I had Dak. I had Zeke. I had Lamb. I had Schultz. I had four count. I had the Cowboys defense, bro. <laughs> like, so I had seven, six, seven guys sometimes starting in one week. The only ones I would rotate out sometimes would be Schultz and sometimes other guys. But, like, the Cowboys offense was great. So I want to make a, a point about this comment that, that Rob brought up. You have to best uh, draft the best players available. If you believe in a guy, ADP doesn't matter. And now I agree. Shout ADP, out to Custom Motor Gear. ADP, Please like and subscribe, my man. ADP does not matter when it, when it comes down to, like, where they're going to finish in the rankings for the season. But ADP matters significantly when you look at where you think they might get drafted. And the way other people are looking at it is like they might get drafted here because of their ADP. So if a guy's ADP is 78, right, and I'm picking at 68, and it doesn't come back to me for 20 picks, you know, reach on the guy and take him at 68 because you're not going to get him past that. So don't be afraid to go out on a limb a little bit. And knowing the ADP is important for what I said other people look at it, so you have to know based on that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How high do you take a defense? That was my next point. So It's like we know each other. I punt <laughs> on defense, and I don't take a kicker into the last round no matter what. I punt on defense typically during the draft because I just think there's too much value. And If you have to draft one, though, when do you draft them? I like usually if it's a rule. wait. I wait until the last 
very less. Usually I could end up nabbing the Packers late and then hope for a flyer. But here's what happens in, in fantasy football throughout the year. I typically, I know people bash me for this, but I load up on defenses on my bench once the bye week ends and I block other people. Once bye weeks are over, I'll have three or four Ds on my bench and they're all good. And people drop their defenses on bye weeks because they they don't want to carry a backup. So defense, you can collect yeah. good defenses throughout the season if you're smart. I did that last year. And it pays off. Knowing your league matters. So if the defenses give you a lot of points, then having the number one to five defense will definitely help. But uh, as far as draft strategy, I, I kind of avoid it. Rube says streaming, not steaming. Yeah. I'm assuming. Streaming but defense. He yeah. also said after round six, ADP doesn't matter. Just reach away. Do your thing. In I week. agree. I agree to a degree. I agree to a degree. Um, but, yeah, so, anyway, it's going to be an interesting month because we're getting closer, man. We're getting closer to some mock drafts. We're getting closer to some actual drafts. It's going to be a lot of fun. Do uh, you got anything else on the fantasy front? I don't want to, like, just bug you out. There is a uh, – it's funny. Uh, oh, yeah, I keep one, looking at the comments real quick. I do quick. have one last thing. Okay. Don't fucking look at bye weeks. That's the biggest – I think it's the biggest myth in fantasy football to be like, oh, I can't draft this much better player because he has the same bye as my other running Well, back. here's the thing. I always look Stop. at it like this. I – it's funny you say that. I never do until the end of the draft. I'm like, oof, I'm losing week seven. But that's like it. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, I drafted terribly look, because I didn't look, look at the and buys. And look, chances are, depending on who you're playing, they might have a bye week, week seven. And you could still put together a win. I've done it before. Where yeah, I'm, yeah. I've actually looked at bye weeks for the specific reason of drafting as many guys as possible on the same bye. So I can just mm. be like, you know what? That week, I don't give a fuck. And I ended up winning that week anyway. Yeah, sometimes so, it happens. Sometimes the ball bounces that way. But yes. We're getting close. But, yes, I do want to point out that there is a legitimate uh, fight happening within the comments uh, between Hawaii, Florida Mike, and Kyle Kerms. Yes. I think there's – I think, if I'm reading it correctly, it's all about the amount of touches that Christian McCaffrey's gotten under both Ron Rivera and Matt Rule significantly so Kyle different. Kyle is saying that – So you've been paying attention. Oh, of course I have. <laughs> Kyle is saying that uh, – Christian McCaffrey's got way more touches under Matt. He gets more usage under Matt Rule. and He's been with Matt Rule for a year, James no? James is coming in saying that, or in Hawaii, Mike's coming in saying that he's got more touches under Rivera. They're both coming in with numbers. Like you just said, Mike just said the same thing. He only had him for a year. Kyle's saying it doesn't matter. He's just, Kyle's showing the touches. And Kyle's point, the, what I've read, I think Kyle's right. <laughs> From just the numbers. Oh, so the decision has been made, and... Uh, <laughs> 49 48 Kyle said there's there's no fight dude just said bl some blatantly incorrect information <laughs> um <laughs> I love this shit this is why we choose how much violence do you think he's gonna get, how much do you think he's gonna get used this year when he's on the IR <laughs> zero zero touches on the Actually, IR he came in before and said you can't predict injuries and I was like and that well, was Rube yeah you could predict by week three because no, I mean, you be listen, you, and that's <laughs> the same thing we I'm haven't not, touched I, we've talked yeah of but course. we haven't touched anybody on like, any one of these guys could get hurt but one guy always does, and that's it's, it's called a track record and a health record. Like, we've seen what happened to McCaffrey. We all made the joke, like, yo, Julio's going to be awesome with Tom Brady for the first two weeks. And then that's it. Bro, like, I had a conversation Julio the other off. day, like, about being injury prone, right? It's a I, thing. I get injured a lot, right? So, like, I feel you like do that, get would injured be, a lot. that would be a knock <laughs> on me if I ever made it to another level of playing anything that they would have been able to justifiably say, you know what, bro, you're always fucking hurt. Every time I put and him in left field, he just dives for no fucking you know, reason. There, there is something to be said for it. I I have I feel like, you know, if I run into the wall, I'm going to break something. James right? coming, Rube coming in saying, I legit think CMC is the obvious first overall pick. Okay. I, I mean, legit. I mean, look, when he's on the field and he's doing things, he is the, probably the most electrifying player in football. The, the risk problem out, is, the risk do you have him in week the seven The risk outweighs 10. the reward for me. Bailey's I think asked this question a couple of times, but he, uh, he wants to know how to determine a draft door besides pulling from a hat. We're trying to find something Fight. interesting. Bailey, to I'll, Fight. I'll send you Fight a club. link. I'll send you a link, bro. I got the best thing. It's the Fight. fantasy nerd, Just I believe. Biggest wiener. I'll I'm send sorry. you a link. goes last. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. What was, did anybody say that or you just said that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Everybody, drop your drawers. Prone is we'll figure it out. Coming in from Dr. Rube. What injury prone is not a thing. I mean, it definitely is. <laughs> I mean, it definitely is. If you've broken more things than, than you have it, like, I tore my ACL in 2014. It still crunches. I still worry. Like, that's a thing. It's a past injury. Those things don't go away. People retire early because of concussions, <laughs> because there's multiple. You know, like, that happens. It's a thing. Bailey, come in. Please not biggest <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, man. did you guys see what the oh owner of the Minnesota Vikings said about Kirk Cousins? Ziggy Wolf? 
He said, so they asked him something. No, there was a GM. He, Oh. Was it the GM about? Uh, he was like, "Well, we don't have a Patrick Mahomes or a Tom Brady." What no, we didn't. It's something like that. I'll pull. I'll pull it up right oh, now. Oh yeah. no! I mean, they don't. No, he was fine, but you right. don't do that. You don't. Oh, I'll get it. Like well, we got a great first quarterback. Year, I mean, first year Mahomes, GM, first but, year GM learning on the job. Uh, first year, last year GM too, because that's you're not that gonna fly. That's not gonna fly. Oh, I feel bad. I feel bad, but Kirk Cousins does stink, according to me. Um, numbers, yes. Here comes Kyle. You know, and there's a million numbers well, to Kirk prove Cousins, that he's a serviceable Kirk quarterback. Kirk makes my um, my my list of guys <laughs> that you you could stream or not stream, but like if you miss out on a QB early, Casey, Casey, Carr, Cousins, Cousin, Stafford, biggest Trey wiener gives a whole new meaning to the snake draft. <laughs> I'm having a, the, that dude is a fucking worm word draft. Is, We're having a worm draft. No, no snakes. No involved. snakes in this draft. He said <laughs> the one, the one asset where you get nervous about not not burning is not burning it down as quarterback. Uh, we don't have Tom Brady. We don't have Patrick Mahomes. All right, that's what he said. That's rough. Did you hear your boy, your boy, Mike McCarthy, <laughs> say yesterday in his press conferences? Defense wins championships, but quarterback wins Super Bowls. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm trying to like decipher it. I'm like, it's either really deep or dumb. <laughs> I can't figure it out, but seems to me like defenses like will case, help you get this, there. In this case, isn't it like, is he really being like, defenses win you the conference, but the quarterback <laughs> wins you the whole thing? Might be. You know, because like in technical terms, the ooh, championship. Ooh, there's a free bet. Free bet alert. Free bet alert. Hold on. Free bet alert. Here it is. Kyle. Hit it, bro! Like you get. I'm assuming it's baseball, um, unless he has a. Um, no, he said underdog bet, so I'm assuming it's baseball. Susan Black Mamba, number one overall. So Kyle wants to call in. That's what he's saying. Oh, I don't have the ability right now. Unfor, actually, we do. I mean, I would have to throw on the IFBs and hook them up if you want to do that real quick. Do it. Fuck it. Call in, Kyle. Give me the. Did you see my um my my lack of movement? <laughs> Show, You're like, I, um, if you want to do that real quick, I'll drop the you. link in the comments for him to call in. I'm very curious to know. <laughs> it's like he's like unreal all this shit. Oh, he's, he's, just gonna just, type it. he's just gonna type it. <laughs> all right, man. Type it away. Here we go. Damn it. All right. Well, we should just be wearing the IVs. Anyway. I don't know how in to put that link in. That's anyway. fine. It's fine. There's, when are you getting the headphone connector? I have. Oh, the headphone I'm connector. Curious. I, I got to get a new statement. Rube agrees with what. I don't. I when I see Wait, Ruben, whoa, whoa, whoa. when I see Ruben, <laughs> Ruben's agreeing. Me something? and him are like best buds, but on the internet, I just fucking me and him go at each other. God damn it! <laughs> I want. Internet I want. Rube, I want to talk to. What's going on with you? I want to talk Rube? to uh, Blarney's uh, bar in the garden, Rube. I want that Rube. I want the old Stone Cold. I don't want this uh, internet Rube. It, Rube internet Rube dis like dissects everything that I say, and it's so upsetting. Kyler, twenty to one MVP. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty good odds. He was he was in the running like week ten uh, last yeah, year. Yeah, and then they fall off, just like the Cardinals always fall the fuck off. So no, I'm not giving you any kind of odds for um, for Kyler Murray to win MVP. The guy doesn't study. What are the odds? Care. What are the odds for Alec Pierce to win uh, Rookie of the Year? Probably like based off of the the top of the draft and the, and some of the talent that went. He's probably in the hundreds. I think it's over a good bet, man. One. Like if you look with the number two receivers that Matt Ryan has made throughout his <laughs> his entire career, every year Matt Ryan has a good number Rube, two. Rube says internet Rube is a great guy, uh, and according to our Plus intern 300. Nick. Plus 3,000, I mean. All right. Wow. That shit. That was May 19th. Uh, our intern, Nick, coming in. Saquon Barkley wins Comeback Player of the Year. Shut the fuck no, up. No, it's Derrick Henry. Anyway, here's Kyle's Derek free Henry's bet. Derrick going to win the Comeback For the day, player. Cincinnati. First five, money line plus 108 in Cincinnati. Money line plus 110. People's thinking, uh, still thinking Baltimore is hot. Five and five in their last 10. Cincinnati's 10 and six in their last 16. Miner is having a uh, better July than Kremer. And public is on Baltimore. Take the Reds and wow. Okay, naked sex. Okay, we're all over this. <laughs> we can Talked block. about Wiener one time on the show. You wow, that's wow. And look what happened. Look at the analytics just hammering at home. So anyway, appreciate uh, you checking in, Naked Sex XYZ, best adult <laughs> dating site. But hey, listen, like the video too while you're at it. Um, anyway, big time bet there by Kyle. So if you're on the Reds today, win some money. <laughs> Get off your bird. <laughs> No scoop today. Where, where you at, bro? That's upsetting. He actually, it's funny. He texted me yesterday or two days ago. 
He's like, he said something about the show around three o'clock and he's like, I didn't make the show today. I'm actually doing work. I'm like, well, that's, that's unfortunate. So it's disrespectful in any event, that's been a show. So comeback player of the year has got to be McCaffrey. It's Zeke, obviously right? I mean, for so many reasons. It should always be McCaffrey. So a guy that played all 17 games and just sucked. I don't think he qualified. It's a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Subscribe to so, the YouTube channel. Por favor, please like the video if you've been here, if you're here late, if you just get here now, or if you just get here later and it's 4 o'clock and you started to watch the video, like it then. So we appreciate it. It helps Chop Sports and uh, the entire company. Uh, don't sleep on Saquon. I'm going to sleep on Saquon all day long. <sighs> I mean, that. Walked, I walked into that one. <laughs> like, but anyway. It wasn't too I, bad. No Saquon Barkley for me, folks. In fact, I actually listened to Boomer and Geo coming on in today, and they said, or it wasn't Geo, it was, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, why can't I think of his name? Anyway, B uh, Boomer had said that after this year, no matter what, the Giants are going to have to move on from one of them, and my assumption is they move on from both. Because they're both on a contract year, technically. Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley um, are not on a contract year, but like in the in the midst of a contract, you got to get it done after this year. So interesting, interesting, interesting. All right. Of course you are. Tim Riley. Don't know what he's talking about. Uh, AJ's in Pittsburgh being useless. Oh, what are you going to do? Uh, I need guests for tomorrow and Sunday. Chris and Dave, if you want to each pick a day. Oh, for the live show? Yeah. I mean, hit me up. I can jump on. I, I actually might be here tomorrow uh depending on what time you do i think me and wrestling robert uh, watch some SummerSlam here at the studio and uh also if you're a pro wrestling fan and you want to go to nork on a friday night I, I don't make the rules i don't i don't book the shows but there is a show tonight free show at the boylan rec center at 7 30 i'll be on the the stick i'll be doing the old ring announcing for the first time in a very long time because i'm usually just doing play-by-play uh, -play commentary, but I'll be doing that tonight. Got my voice back, sort of, I guess. Well, how do I sound today? Do I sound a little better than yesterday? A little better, A yeah. little better, right? So I'll shut up after this show, and then I'll just go drink some water and gargle some salt water and shit. So for Sturch, Gooch, Wrestling Rob, thank you guys for everybody in the chat. Again, like the video, subscribe. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday. Let's see if there are any trades go down this weekend. Uh, it'll be interesting. So until then, we'll see peace, you Peace, peace. Peace, peace. Bing, bing, bing. But there was this one company, I think, called Chop Sports Media. Chop Sports Media. Yeah.